0: Let's go.
1: Welcome to Citizen. We have a very special guest today, former Marine, Trump attorney, author, uh, Christina Bob. How's it going?
0: Hey, Dan. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: Sure. I can't remember if that was the same background you used when you were on Drinking Bros, because I would have made some light I, I would have made fun of you for having a lighthouse behind you
0: oh uh, well this is where i live this is my neighborhood um but it, it probably was something like this yeah
1: so did but, you take this you know, picture and then put no, it
0: no mm. no no no. i bought it
1: and where is your neighborhood but, exactly tell me this is give jupiter me your, florida give me your street so I'm address
0: in, yeah <laughs> i in. that's actually out there you can find it oh boy um but uh no i'm in jupiter florida in palm beach county not too far from mara lago
1: that's a pretty nice place to be i like it there
0: yeah not a bad place
1: I mean if I wasn't in Tech honestly, I'm in Texas for media stuff now because it wasn't like we, we moved before COVID, so it wasn't like uh it is now in Florida where there's a lot of media stuff going on there. But Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. Um No,
0: Texas I, is a great place to be.
1: Uh, it's hot and you <laughs> it's know. <hard> um <clears throat> Well, no, it's a different there's there's no there's no breeze coming off the ocean here. You know what I mean? It's True. just hot. And we
0: have the beach. Yeah. So and lighthouses, but you can make them up.
1: <laughs> well, I will. <laughs> Give me time. Um so what did you do in the Marine Corps? I don't know if we discussed that when
0: Yeah, I was a judge advocate. So for mm. most of my time I was a criminal defense attorney and then um I served in Afghanistan, did operational law there and you know, the the military mixed and then got out and did civil litigation and went back into the military. So uh, yeah, mostly criminal defense and operational law. Though.
1: Well, you went back into the military. How? What was yeah. that like?
0: Uh, it was great, actually, because I uh, not deployed. I um, mobilized as a reservist mm-hmm. to Germany. So I was in Germany for a year and a half uh, doing operational law stuff, um, which was awesome. I, I switched because I, I had been doing criminal defense and operational law in the Marine Corps, got out, you know, loved being an attorney, and then went into civil litigation and realized that civil litigation is not quite as fun as, uh, operational law or, you know, and so I was like, Oh, you know, maybe I love the national security aspect of things. So I, I went back.
1: So, uh, we, we've had, uh, Patel on before, but I don't know that we ever really, I don't know that we jumped in. Tell, Tell the audience what operational law is, uh, just for, you know,
0: Sure. So it's um, anytime, at least for them, I was doing it with the military, with the Marine Corps. So anytime there are military operations going on, what can you do? What can you legally do? You know, Geneva Convention and uh, rule of law, rule of armed conflict issues. What, you know, what kind of status of forces agreements do we have in place in the local area? You know, what can our, like, do our military members ever leave the base? Like I was in Germany, of course we went out in town, you know, but we didn't do that in Afghanistan. You know, th- those types of differences. Uh, what are the troops allowed to do that most mostly you know being in Afghanistan it was mostly kinetic operation mm. military operations
1: sure yeah so. um but now it's getting you know the 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 kinetic operations are kind of have wound down for the most part right yeah except for uh the fact that we're for some reason bombing Yemen every twelve seconds um, right but as far as status agreements, that's going to be something that, that comes more into public focus now because of Taiwan, right? I'm not sure that people really have a good handle, like the uh, the American yeah. public has a good handle on what the rules are and what our responsibilities are vis-a-vis the agreements we've signed. Can you kind of break that down a little bit?
0: Yeah, I mean, you raise a really good point. And I think there might be some gray areas now, especially with uh, with the White House changing their position on some, I shouldn't say they haven't officially changed their position, but it appears to me that uh, the Biden administration is um, a lot more amenable to China. And certainly that will come into play with Taiwan. But, you know, I would have to take a look at the specific status of forces agreement of what we can and cannot do our our personnel on the ground in Taiwan. But um, certainly that's something that we need to be paying close attention to in the coming days as there uh, appears to be some movement taking place there.
1: Um, and what uh, we do have uh, a TRA, a Ta- the Taiwan's Relations Act, right? So we do, mm-hmm. we do have um, like the official policy of the United States is that we will provide Taiwan with, with defensive weapons. Whatever the fuck that means. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it like somehow you like, these are these are defensive M fours. You can't use these for kinetic operations. Like right. uh what what is it? The gun turn off, you know what I mean? If you try to use yeah, a kinetic. Okay. I mean, that doesn't make any sense to me. Um But <clears throat> it I mean, is it is hard to tell if the White House is mm-hmm. changing positions or if the, the national security apparatus is just covering up for stupid shit that Biden has said, right? It's hard to tell sometimes.
0: Yeah, it is very hard to tell. And so I don't I don't know where they will come down on, on some of these questions. Mm. Um, I think there's a lot of things that are up in the air as far as our positions abroad. Mm. And uh, personally, it makes me nervous having Joe Biden in the White House because I don't think he's going to take a strong stance to protect any Americans that are overseas. Uh, so, you know, we'll have to see how it plays out.
1: Yeah. You know, that hasn't been, uh, it's, it's only been the case with liberal presidents with Obama and Biden right before, like Clinton didn't have any problem dropping bombs on people, you know, say what you want about his, uh, 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 he kind of got scared, with the whole no good issue thing, which understandably, so there's a lot of pressure to get out of there afterwards. But for the most part, it's only kind of a recent thing and i wonder if it isn't some kind of you know how it is in politics with the overton window and then just the reactionary nature of yeah. you know right versus left if the neocon fucking war machine has created a leftist organization or uh, like a leftist national security apparatus it's just scared to do anything right
0: well and i think they're scared to be on or not scared i think they're intentionally not being honest with the public so we've got You know, it it used to be that presidents liked showing force. Mm. They liked to present themselves as very strong and, you know, America is strong. And then you get Obama in there with, you know, this wishy washy limp wrist approach to the military and not wanting to acknowledge the fact that they actually use drone strikes quite a bit. Mm. And they were actually quite lethal, but they didn't want to talk about it. And so there's and and then they'll shroud it under the guise of national security when, in fact, they're actually maneuvering their own political gain without telling, not just the American people, without telling the world, without being open and honest and transparent with everybody that we're dealing with. And so it th- it really does not just threaten us as a nation, but individual Americans who are overseas, whether you're there on behalf of the government or you're a tourist overseas it it threatens our position because we don't know what kind of dealings they're doing with these foreign nations and i might think you know i, I i'll use canada as an example because it's benign but i assume we have a great relationship with canada and if something were to happen to me in canada you know i could go to the american embassy okay we we all have these assumptions but you know when we're talking about countries that are not Canada, you can't necessarily make those assumptions anymore because they're not being open and transparent with us.
1: No, and we're we're at the point now, I mean, look, you can be be tough um, on the international stage if you're willing to back it up, because if somebody's willing to call your bluff, right? So uh, Russia was very clearly ready to call our bluff with regard to, uh, well, so there's this old Roman principle called civis Romanus, right? And it, it basically means it's something that you would say. It was almost like the ichthus fish uh, for early first century Christians. Okay. Civis Romanus meant I'm a Roman citizen, and the the point of saying it was if you are, uh, you know, from Gaul or some other neighboring country, Macedonia or something like that, and you fuck with me, the entire weight of the Roman military is going to come <laughs> fuck you up. That was the whole point of it, right? Um, right. <clears throat> so you can you can do that stuff. But you have to be willing to back it up, and it seems like the only time we were willing to back it up was when uh, you know a, a WNBA player was arrested, right. which is kind of weird, right? I mean, it sends right. the and wrong they left message. the
0: marine. They left the marine behind. Like, oh my gosh! And I'm sorry, I don't I don't remember his name off the top of my head. But there was a marine in custody mm. too, and they didn't even bother to take him back.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. That, it sends the wrong message, right? But I think it, yeah. it is uh, it is the result of just ineffectual leadership. And it's the same thing that happened during the Obama administration as well. Now, he did kill uh, 4,500 civilians, women and children mostly, uh, with drone strikes. But And he also deported more people than all previous presidents combined. That didn't, I, I, don't, I don't recall that on the, the campaign flyers, but uh, that's what all happened. Right. Um, yeah, it's kind of weird to see how uh, how dichotomous the messaging versus yeah. the action is on the left these days
0: yeah what they're actually doing mm. versus what they're telling us they're doing they don't match right so, so yeah that's
1: and, and that's a problem. do you think people are kind of uh, it's hard to tell um because we keep we keep having these reports um this week we learned um what we already knew but we learned for an absolute fact that uh fauci and his crew probably francis collins as well Definitely subverted federal policy and funded gain-of-function research in that mm-hmm. the first people who got COVID were definitely people who worked at that lab in Wuhan. We know that for a fact now. The whole somebody's eating bat soup bullshit or whatever the fuck they right. were talking about before is all nonsense. We, and uh, the Holderman uh, Report, obviously, which is probably a little yep. bit more in your lane, Um mm-hmm. Uh, has been, I guess de- not even declassified because it was never classified in the first place, just released to the public, which should have been the case in the first place, right?
0: Yeah, why they sealed it in the mm. first place is still a question I've got.
1: But one of the most um, one of the most damning parts of the Halderman report that I've read so far is that um, there is it's it's man maybe you can break this down more for the audience because you probably know more about it than I do. But in Georgia, the dominion voting machines according to the report can be hacked like there there has been a security flaw identified doesn't necessarily mean it was but it definitely can be there's no question about that now and then for some reason um the voting commission has decided not to repair it or install a security patch until after the next election i don't understand that we're still a year we're a year and four months away from the next election i don't understand why you wouldn't repair it now
0: Yeah, well, that's a really great question. And I've got a similar question about a lot of other problems and issues we saw surrounding the election, particularly in 2020, before 2022, and now 2024 coming up. But yeah, the Georgia election officials have basically said, oh, we're going to wait until after the next election. I mean, why? Why on earth would you do that other than you have some other interest than the security of your election? So I I think everybody that is taking that position in a position of authority in Georgia needs to be investigated. Why on earth are they trying to make Georgia's elections hackable? Mm. Why are they intentionally leaving them open to manipulation? The report even goes further and says they can be manipulated and leave no trace. You don't know that they've been changed. So, um, yeah, I would, I would like to know why.
1: It is very bizarre to me. Um, <clears throat> and another thing that's very bizarre to me is that Brian Kemp, who is the uh, governor of Georgia, uh, Republican, and then Katie Hobbs, mm-hmm. who is now the governor of Arizona, who's a Democrat, and uh, two very critical states for any federal yeah. election, um, both came from um, uh, being Secretary of State, which in a, in a state, for those who don't know, um, during federal elections, uh, or any statewide election, but federal elections especially, the Secretary of State is basically the governing authority, the, the person who adjudicates the election yeah. commission and rules and all this other stuff, right? It's very bizarre to me that we see <laughs> two people from the same background in these positions. Biz- and maybe maybe that's, maybe I'm reading into that. Maybe that is a normal No, thing I think you're happen.
0: exactly right. And and Katie Hobbs went so far. So um, one of the counties, I think it was Mojave, mm-hmm. Mojave or Cochise, in um, Arizona, the commissioners, throughout the process of the election, they have to certify the election results, right? We've all heard about that ad nauseum from 2020. And these county commissioners said hey the the books don't match the poll books don't match with with our records there's a problem we need to investigate more katie hobbs as the secretary of state sent a letter to those commissioners threatening them with criminal prosecution because in arizona election crimes are referred to the attorney general from the secretary of state the attorney the law basically says the secretary of state needs to take a look and see if these are actually potential crimes and then refer the criminal charges to the attorney general who can prosecute So Katie Hobbs is a criminal authority as the secretary of state for election crimes in Arizona at this time. And she sends a letter to the commissioner saying, if you don't I'm paraphrasing, if you don't certify me as the winner, I am referring you for criminal prosecution. She said that. And, you know, naturally. And so they, they certified in duress and they said, we are under duress. We're being threatened with criminal prosecution. These books don't match. They should not be certified, you know, but we have to certify them because we're being threatened with criminal prosecution. That's how she got elected in Arizona.
1: Yeah, that's bizarre, right? I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know that I've I'm, I'm sure it's happened before. Um because it
0: has it has where you have the secretary of state Mm -hmm. overseeing an election and people have challenged that and courts have said you know there's not there's a potential conflict of interest but there's not necessarily an actual conflict of interest and you have to prove that they were you know acting criminally or whatever but i don't know how you get around something like that with katie Hobbs threatening people with criminal prosecution if they don't certify her as the the winner
1: yeah you can uh look absent um direct evidence of something, the way people behave around questions are often really telling. But let's get to the direct stuff. So um, you've got a book, Stealing Your Vote. Um, it's out now, right? Yeah, it's out. Okay, and does is it on Amazon or did they kick you off Amazon? Yeah.
0: no, they have not kicked me off. Actually, I, they went so far. There were so many people trying to write bad reviews that they, Locked the bad reviews and said you have to be a you know verified purchaser. Mm. So they've actually helped me out a little bit. Wow,
1: it's, I, I know. That. Um, wow. So tell me about uh, tell me about the book generally speaking. But I want to know from what what's what is the claim being made in the book and what is the supporting evidence for that? Because I think there's a yeah. lot a lot of there's a lot of smoke. There's no question about that. I'm just curious what the fire is.
0: Yeah. So the way I like to summarize the book is that Democrats cheated and Republicans covered it up. This is very much a bipartisan problem. Um, and it's the story of my investigation. I was an investigative reporter at the time, and I, I take you through my experiences of all the witnesses I talked to and everybody, and all of the uh, the evidence that I found. And I think I found a lot of it. But the, there's several different ways, and it, it really is, as Joe Biden said, a, a coordinated um, effort to for for voter fraud, voter suppression, whatever you want to call it, and they will manipulate voter rolls. There's a lot of evidence of problems in the voter rolls. There's a lot of evidence of problems, particularly who would have thought that you could just print as many ballots as you want. And this whole idea of now elections take longer than just election day to count, that's why they're doing it. And we saw this happen with Carrie Lake, even even after 66% of the machines in Republican areas went down on election day for Carrie Lake. she They still needed several more days to, to tally the votes um, In my opinion, I think they needed time to print more ballots. They have ballot on demand printers now where they can just print as many ballots as they want. They have access to the voter rolls. They can see who has and hasn't voted. And if they can inflate their voter rolls, they can literally print out the difference. So, for example, in Wisconsin, there's 3.5 million people over, million citizens over the age of 18 in Wisconsin. So you would think you would have approximately 3.5 million voters. They have 7 million people on their voter roll. They haven't, they literally, even if every single voter in Wisconsin voted for Donald Trump, they still have enough people on the voter roll to change the outcome of the election. So these are all things that absolutely need to be cleaned up. Why are we tolerating them? And uh, anyway, I walk, and I'll walk you through, you know, examples of like everyday folks, teachers and, you know, city workers that were volunteering to work the election and what they saw and what they witnessed. And uh, it ends with a very positive note. I do believe Donald Trump ends up in the White House in 2025 but it takes all of us getting involved. And I, I try to encourage people how you get involved because this the election is secured from the bottom up. We have to secure it at the local precincts. And if everybody secures their precinct in their county, then we'll have a secure election. We've been waiting long enough and it clearly hasn't come from the top down.
1: Um, who I don't want to spoil too much of the book, but who are these yeah. additional voters? Who, who are the other three and a half million voters on the voter roll? Are they college students great- or who is it?
0: No, they're from what I can tell, they're not actual people like some of the um, some of the reports that came out in Wisconsin show the way that they do their voter roll. It's not chronological. It doesn't go one through seven million. Mm. It's they use wingdings. They use symbols. So the system itself is not auditable because it doesn't go in any chronological or alphabetical order. So you can't know when you started and when you ended. And that that was the finding in this forensic report was there's there's no way to know when you get to the end of the Wisconsin voter roll because it doesn't go in any order. And and the election officials response to that was, oh, well, the machines know, you know, we have it run by a machine. The machine knows if everything's been done or not. It's like, well, a human needs to be able to verify that this was done properly. Um, So I, I don't know if they're even real people you can make up, you know, whatever you want. I know there was a lot of questions about dead voters, um, and I'm sure we know that there were dead voters that voted. I don't think that was the huge difference maker in 2020. I think it was bloating voter rolls. Or like in Nevada, anytime you have to go to the DMV for anything, you get married, you change your name, you move, you know, whatever it is that you need to change about your official record, they create a new voter registration for you. So there are people in Nevada with you know, five voter registrations for the same person just because they went to the DMV and had to have something changed. You need a new driver's license, whatever it is. So they're they're just a mess. Honestly, the voter rolls are are a complete mess.
1: Well, even if if it's a clerical error on behalf of the government, voting more than once is still a federal crime, right?
0: That's correct. And in Nevada, so the difference in Nevada um, between Joe Biden and Donald Trump was about 33,000 votes. And in Nevada, they have verified and confirmed, I got this from the Nevada GOP, that 42,000 people voted twice. So more than the difference uh, in Joe Biden and Donald Trump, there were 44, or I'm sorry, 42,000 people who voted twice.
1: Why, I, maybe this is a dumb question, but why are we not verifying voters by their social security number because there's only one of those?
0: Not a, not a dumb question at all. I think that's a great idea. Uh, I, don't, I don't know why we're not doing it. Other than, to me, the only logical inferences because the people who are controlling the elections right now want to be able to cheat. The people in power want to stay in power. And so they want our elections to be malleable so that they can manipulate them. Mm. And it's happening in every state. It's happening in Republican states. And just to put this into perspective, at the time of the 2020 election, when all of this happened, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, Georgia, those five of the contested states, then you have Nevada and New Mexico Mm. that were Democrats, those five states—they're Republican states. They're Republican legislatures. they re- they some of them had Republican secretaries of state, Republican majorities in county offices. So the states that were stolen were Republican states. So everyone likes to point—you know—wag their finger at Democrats. It was Republicans, and that's why I say Democrats cheated and Republicans covered it up because we absolutely had the ability to fix this and we didn't.
1: Um, yeah, I've said for a very long time. Um that the aristocracy will protect itself before it'll protect yep. any particular principle or, or uh, even any yep. individual. Um, so that when you said that, um, <clears throat> the Republicans covered it up, um, do you have any specifics on that? Like who and how?
0: Well, I mean, I can't formally say without official, an official investigation, but for example, mm-hmm. in Wisconsin, um, the Racine County sheriff there referred, criminal charges against the five Wisconsin election commissioners, three um, three Democrats, two Republicans for election fraud. And they went through the uh, lieutenant there gave a very, very good explanation of why those commissioners violated uh, that election fraud law. The name of the statute was actually election fraud and it was in relation to nursing homes and the instructions that they gave, the commissioners were on record in an official hearing saying, if we give this instruction, basically we have to instruct the county clerks to violate the law. And they all said, yeah, well, if we give them this instruction we're telling them to violate the law and they literally voted on it. They voted, should we tell the clerks to violate the law? And five of the six said yes. And so the sheriff refers that to the Racine County District Attorney who refused to prosecute Patricia Hansen is a Republican. She just refused to prosecute, said it doesn't matter that they broke, that they committed election fraud. I'm not going to prosecute it. So that's one example.
1: Why? Why would? uh, And I'm (laughs) sure I'm sure that's common, but a lot of, uh, you know, there's been a lot of that. And the Republicans have been pretty ineffectual for a pretty long time now. I mean, they've been busy mostly generating wealth for the military industrial complex for the last, you know, 25 years. But,
0: You're exactly right.
1: But but why? I mean, uh, or th- is it somebody who just there's so much social pressure not to be a quote, a quote unquote election denier or something like that, or what is it exactly?
0: Yeah, I think it's you know it's probably different for everybody. I don't know everyone's individual motives, but I think that's part of it. They don't want to be an election denier. They don't want to lose donors. Uh, they're corrupt. I do think, and I, I don't have um, conclusive proof of this, but just the sense that I get from looking into this is, I think. There are liberal leaning organizations that have funded people to run as Republicans who are not actually Republicans, not that's probably not going to shock anybody. We have the nickname Rhino, of course, Mm. Republican name only. But I think that was actually a legitimate effort, like an intentional effort to make these Republican areas very, very weak because voters don't realize that, you know, until these people get into office, they don't know that they're not really Republicans for the most part. Um, So there's some compromise there. Mm. I think I think there's a, a variety of reasons. The reason that Patricia Hansen gave was she said that she doesn't have jurisdiction to prosecute election fraud in Racine, which clearly is not the case. What? But yeah, that's what she said. She said she doesn't have jurisdiction to prosecute those election fraud crimes in Racine. She's the district attorney of Racine County.
1: Hmm. And who, who would have jurisdiction to
0: do <laughs> that? Great. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Who is going to do it if not the district attorney? I don't know.
1: I mean, I guess the attorney general's office, but
0: yeah. So she's basically saying hmm. we can't prosecute election crimes on a local level.
1: Interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That doesn't sound right, but what do I know? No, Um, it's not right. (laughs) I always assume when a politician does some shit that doesn't make sense, it's just about their corporate sponsors, to be honest.
0: Um, Yeah. And that's a very good assessment, too. I mean, it's probably all of the above.
1: Um. Yeah. So you you this this tell me what a rhino is exactly, and well actually let's back up. Tell me what a yeah. re, tell me what a Republican is in 2023 because I'm not entirely sure what it is. It's certainly not a person that has conservative values anymore.
0: You're right. Well, I think the Republican Party is being reformed. I think we are we are going back to our roots, which is the party of Abraham Lincoln. We're mm. the party of freedom, free speech. You know. Um, conservative values. And, and I think that is being remade. We were not that. I think the MAGA movement is reinstalling that uh, into the Republican Party. I, you know, a few years ago, around around 2020, um, people were saying, oh, we need a new Republican Party. We need to change parties. The Republican Party itself is getting changed. So I'm confident that we will correct course on our side. I think, I think when all this is said and done, I think it's the Democrats that are are going to have a hard time surviving this. I think they have gone so far left and they the fact that they're trying to normalize pedophilia, I, I don't know that they can recover from that once we actually get you know the ship righted. I don't think I, I don't know that Democrats are going to survive this because normalizing pedophilia, I think people have a problem with that.
1: Sure. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I kind of felt like um fucking with kids would be the red line that, right. that nobody would cross you know what i mean regardless yeah. of your political affiliation although you know it goes back <clears throat> uh to the 70s and 80s to be honest um this this uh great progressive hero harvey milk was a fucking pedophile right i mean he was fucking like 13 yeah. 14 year old boys in san francisco mm-hmm. all the time um and then you know basically the only reason that uh 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 that i guess josh brolin shot him in that movie you know what i mean have you seen Mm -hmm. milk it's it's not it's it's it kind of it kind of very openly uh discusses all of the weird shit that was going on at the time um Mm -hmm. and still like you're supposed to feel like he's the hero at the end of it and they named a fucking battleship after him too right or something something got named after the guy at any rate um let's say but before we get into the rhino thing i want to ask yeah um if someone were unfamiliar with American politics, how would you define what a Republican is in the best light, right? Like what you want it to be after this reformation or whatever is happening happens. This episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one toolkit. This summer, HelloFresh is here to take the work out of eating well. I talk about this all the time. Uh, if you're not like me and just eat primarily meat, you wanna actually feed your family like a normal human being, um, HelloFresh is a great way to do it. It, it, it. All the ingredients, as is in the name, are fresh, uh, proportioned out. You know, you can, it, they're also pretty flexible on how you can order things and things like that. Um, uh, You can reach your goals with delicious, calorie-smart, protein-rich foods and dinner options. Um, If you're stuck in a recipe rut, I know a lot of people get into this. One of the biggest problems people have with eating healthy is they get stuck in a rut. They get tired of eating the same thing over and over. Well, take a bite out of something new with 40 recipes per week that you can choose from. With options to please even the pickiest eaters, if you've got some in in your family, your children or something you always find meals for everyone at the table to enjoy. Um Ross has used this for years. I've used it in the past. Uh it's really really good. Uh the food's really good, the recipes are great, they're super simple. Um you know, it, it it's it's going to save you time from the grocery store. It's going to save you money because uh believe it or not, it's uh, relatively inexpensive and it's going to make sure you're eating right. One of the biggest barriers to this stuff, I'm telling you, is having junk food in your house not having other better options or getting bored with the, the food that you're eating and this is going to solve all those problems hellofresh so go to hellofresh.com citizen 16 that's citizen 16 and use the code citizen 16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping that's uh, hellofresh.com citizen 16 to use the code citizen 16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping and uh, uh, let me know how you like them. Hit us up in the comments on social media and stuff and let us know how you like it. This episode of Citizens is also brought to you by GhostBed.com forward slash Bros. Right now, GhostBed is offering 40% off GhostBed bundles where you get a mattress and an adjustable base. For everything else, 30% off if you use the code Bros at GhostBed.com forward slash Bros. If you get the uh, 40% off deal, if you use the 40% off bundle deal, you're going to get... Uh, A mattress and all your stuff, your base, your sheets, your pillows, all this stuff for about 30 to 35 bucks a month. They've got a zero down, 0% financing plan for up to 60 months, six zero months. That's five years, uh, about the lifespan of the average bed. So it works out great for you, works out great for uh, the company. So go check it out. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinker bros. Whether you're in the market for a bed, uh, an adjustable base, whether you just need sheets or pillows or any of that stuff, they got the best. The mattress protector, the weighted blanket, they have everything you need there. Thirty percent off everything. Use the code drinkin' Bros at Ghostbed.com forward slash Drinking Bros. Or if you need that adjustable base as well and the mattress, get the bundle and everything else. You add onto that deal is forty percent off. This episode is also brought to you by First Form. Firstform.com forward slash Drinking Bros. The product they really want you using is the Micro Factor. It's a complete daily nutrient pack. Now, what's in it? Antioxidants, CoQ10, great for heart health multivitamins, uh, greens and reds, which is to say fruits and veggies, then EFA, which is to say fats that you need. And then they got a probiotic in there as well. It's an easy little packet. You just dump it all in your fucking mouth and swallow, uh, probably with some liquid, preferably water. Um, They got all kinds of other great products as well. Uh, Talking about those meat sticks, the breakfast sausage meat stick is the best thing I've ever had in my life. And of course they have energy drinks. They've got all kinds of stuff over there. They got great protein. The best supplements on the market. If you spend over 75 bucks, you're gonna get free shipping. So go to firstform.com forward slash bros and get those deals.
0: Um oh that's a really good question. I wish I were preparing for it. The Republican Party will be very disappointed in me. Um, I would say a Republican is someone that is fiscally conservative, possibly socially conservative, although I think that's something that, you know, that I don't, I'm curious to see how that changes in this reformation process. But um, I would say someone, the fiscal conservative part, I think is the easiest part to identify, but uh, traditional values, family values, values, uh, faith, and not just their own religion, but the religion of everybody, uh goes back to the fundamental principles. Uh, Constitutionalist, the Bill of Rights, um, believes in, uh, I would say, a strict reading of the Bill of Rights. Mm. Um, I think, I think that's probably how I would define it.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I would focus in on maybe the Ninth and Tenth Amendments to the Bill of Rights, yeah. the ones that limit yeah, the scope and size of federal government. And uh, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I, I don't, frankly, I don't think the federal government should even exist. But I'm a, I'm, I might be a bit of a radical. Um, uh, and then what, what what would you say is a rhino? I mean, my, my general concept of a rhino now is just a neocon from 15 years ago. But it seems, right. like, it seems like most of them are kind of drifting towards center left at this point, you know, in yeah. the Overton window.
0: Well, I think if we took the rhinos of today and compared them to the Democrats of 30 years ago, they would firmly be Democrats. Mm. Some of them are Democrats by today's standard, you know, um, but rhinos... I would probably lump them into two categories. I would say rhinos are either Republicans who have gotten so soft and squishy that they just cow to everything Democrats want because all they're focused on is keeping their seat and keeping their cute little title of whatever office they have. Um, So they don't actually fight for conservative values and, you know, they just go along to get along and lose everything. Um, And then the other way, I think some, the other category that some rhinos probably fall into is They're actually Democrats who couldn't get elected in their conservative part of the country. So they ran as Republicans
1: like Adam Kinzinger, for example. Right. Right.
0: Right. right, And Liz Cheney, too. Mm. I think, you know, but I I think they just knew they would never get elected as Democrats. So they ran as Republicans, but they don't actually share Republican values.
1: Hmm. Um, Let's pivot a little bit. I want to talk about some of the stuff that's going on with Trump right now. Yeah. Um, can you, from from your guys' position, what what's what what exactly do you think is going on here? Because a lot of this stuff seems pretty frivolous, frankly. It's it's yeah. it's the same stuff that goes on with every exiting president for the last like thirty years. There's bitching yeah. and moaning about this or that, and trying to just score political points and stuff like that. But this time, it's and look, Trump is a, a unicorn in this regard because he garners so much attention. But this time, it seems a little bit different. I mean, it's. Yeah, like it seems I I can't tell if they hate him or if they're afraid of him. It's it's hard to say. Well,
0: both. I think it's both. I think they hate him because they're afraid of him. Uh, President Trump is a a true conservative in the sense that you were just describing. He wants a smaller federal government and the power should belong to the American people, not this crazy political class that is demonizing anybody who disagrees with them. Um, And I think I think for the first time, you know, earlier we were talking about how it's hard to know what the administration is saying publicly versus what they're doing privately doesn't really match i think in this case i don't think they can hide it and i think the american people really do understand exactly what's happening they are trying to criminalize their political opposition and by they i mean the political class i don't believe that this is a democrat versus republican issue although you know some of the policy is but it's really a establishment versus anti-establishment issue donald Trump is absolutely anti-establishment, and the establishment is trying to take him down for it. And they're scared of him because he actually has the ability to take them down. And what I mean by that is he has the ability to win in 2024, despite the fact that they're controlling the government. And that makes them very nervous.
1: Yeah. What? So, um, you know, a lot of people right now, and campaign season really hasn't started yet. We've got a couple more months before it really gets started in earnest but it's it's coming pretty soon and i'm curious I, yeah. I i hear a lot of people um you know look you're never going to agree with anybody completely and nor should you that would be yeah. a very boring world i think um right but a lot of folks are concerned that the last time trump had the opportunity to clean house and quote unquote drain the swamp that never really happened right i mean yeah. the, the the heads of the agencies the intel community and the doj that butt fucked our country for the last six years are still yeah. in power today, right? A lot of them yeah. are. Um, what would you say to people that have that criticism? I mean, what, what why would we expect he would do something different this time? I,
0: I think, I think the difference is now. Now we can all see who everybody is and where they stand. You know, Donald Trump was new to government; he had never, never worked in government, never been a part of it, and naturally, he had to rely on the RNC and rely on some of these political establishment type organizations to guide him and and to give him instruction and and teach him on how not just how government works, but who the players are, right? Like and why does it matter? And why does one position matter over the other? And so I think he he genuinely just believed that um he could slide right in and people would be honest with him and and give him good advice on who should be where. And we've heard him make remarks about Bill Barr and some of these other leaders that he uh wishes that he didn't have in his administration at the time. And I I think that's the difference now. The difference is not only can everybody in the country see what's actually going on and and recognize who these people are, but now so can Donald Trump. Donald Trump is kind of in the same boat as the rest of us where we didn't know how bad it was, right? We did not realize the extent that this political class has dug its talons into the swamp and just held on to Washington DC for dear life. President Trump has said that openly. He's like, I had no idea how deep the swamp went. So I think the difference is we can see it now and now now he knows how to make that change
1: um yeah it seems like a lot of people are deeply distrustful of institutions now the the medical community and the political class especially maybe maybe Mm -hmm. uh it's kind of the same general um i guess over overarching feeling that we that we felt with the financial institutions between 2007 and 2013 or so towards the end of the occupy wall street movement um right but that movement ended right um, and nothing got changed. As a matter of fact, the subprime mortgage bundles are still available right now for purchase and for mm-hmm. shorting. You can, like, nothing has changed, right, in our, in our system. Right. Um, I, I'm very curious what you think is the appropriate way for people on the right to react to this current witch hunt against Trump, right? Because yeah. I, I think a lot of the stuff you said during the 2016 election about putting Hillary Clinton in prison and things like that, um, and then not following through on that afterwards, uh, rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. It certainly rubbed me the mm-hmm. wrong way. Cause I think she belongs in prison. Um, <clears throat> and I'm not even a conservative, I'm a libertarian. I don't, I don't even think right. any of this shit. This is a game that I w- don't even watch. It's like, I'm basically commenting on the bachelor right now. I don't give a fuck <laughs> about any of this stuff, but she's a goddamn criminal. Right. So, yeah. um, you know, I wonder what you think about how just the ordinary you know conservative person or republican person yeah. however you want to categorize that should react because it does seem like the blustering and all this stuff and threats and and, and everything kind of gets into a tit-for-tat situation and it will escalate right and yeah. um, the 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 right talked a lot of shit about draining the swamp and doing stuff and the left is doing it not draining the swamp they're but they're they're leveraging they're, the they're, yeah. they're leveraging the uh the power of government against their political opponents in the right didn't do it, and I don't think I, I personally I don't never necessarily think they should, but yeah. uh, you know one side looks strong and the other side doesn't right now.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's a fair assessment. And I would I would agree with it. Just to be clear, I have not talked to President Trump on this particular issue, so this is just my thoughts mm. on it. But um, I completely agree, and I think the concern. Uh, I would imagine the concern, I wasn't part of his administration or know him at that time, but I imagine a lot of the concern was, this is the United States of America. We don't prosecute our political opponents. You know, we don't throw our political opponents in jail. That's like third world-esque. We don't do that. And so I think that was the concern. Well, that door's now been open. So, and, and it wasn't open by us, you know? So, you know, the way I've said it before, and I said this when I was a reporter with One American News, when I was digging into all of the election fraud. we didn't pick this fight. They did, but we'll fight it. And if you're going to force us to fight it, we will fight it. So the way I would encourage conservatives to respond is what they're doing. Make sure you're informed. Uh, make sure you know uh, what you want out of a situation. Tell your elected officials what you want them to do. Make sure you're in touch with your members of Congress, their offices. And you know when there's a bill or, or a lot of this investigation into the Biden family, let your members of Congress know what you want. You know, President Trump is not in office right now. So he's you know, let you can email the campaign, but he can't do anything. But it's important that the American people stay in touch with their state and local leaders as well as their federal leaders and make sure that what you want and what you expect to happen is taking place. Because the last thing we need is everyone, you know, either tweeting it about it online or grumbling with their friends, but not telling the government. You know, the government's supposed to work for us. So it's important keep keep your government officials informed and let them know how you expect them to act.
1: Sure. Um, and now let's talk about, uh, Hunter Biden a little bit. Um, yeah. I, I don't know that like I, the stuff that he got charged with, uh, yesterday, I don't care about any of that stuff. I don't think yeah, it's same. relevant or consequential to anything political. I mean, it's interesting to see that the president is, you know, using, um, his power to protect his kid, I guess, yeah. but who I, I, honestly, I, I can't imagine like it. If you were to ask me whether I thought um, if if Don Jr. or Eric were indicted on something and Trump was president, if he would just outright pardon them, he 100 percent would. I think, in my opinion, I, I'm not asking you to opine on that. So yeah, I, I mean, I don't think, I think that's necessarily a lot of that out fathers of would. Yeah, um, especially <laughs> right. when it's not uh, 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 like when the victim of the crime is the IRS. There is no victim. Yeah. fuck the IRS. The IRS <laughs> yeah. should exist either. But anyways, right. Um, <clears throat> It is interesting to see one. They have sentenced him off schedule, which is interesting, right? I mean, you're you're uh, more yep. of a defense attorney, but the uh, there's
0: federal sentencing guidelines yeah. are you know gospel.
1: Well, you know sometimes, right? Um, but <laughs> um, that that I guess that part's interesting, but I don't think it's that big a deal. A lot of people are up right. in arms about that, but I do uh, wonder, from your perspective, do you think that the Republican legislature right now? is pursuing the Burisma stuff hard enough because it doesn't seem like it is. And, and, right. and then maybe uh, comment on Lauren Boebert filed articles yeah. of impeachment yesterday. And I'm not sure if we're, if we're there yet on that. I know that there's a limited amount of time to get this done, but um, yeah. And, anyways, just, yeah. What do you think about that?
0: Um. I agree with your assessment completely. I think you're completely right. And I also think there's a solid possibility that the Department of Justice filed those charges against Hunter to be able to say, look, we filed charges against him because they don't want the pressure that's coming of what about espionage, money laundering, you know, all, all of the stuff related to the political crimes that he facilitated for his father while his father was vice president and possibly still ongoing um, they don't want to discuss those facts. And so this probably very much was, uh, well, we got to do something. So let's do this, you know, um, as far as the impeach, uh, no, and no, I don't think they're doing enough to go after him. Republicans. What is it about Republicans? But they, cave and coward. Honestly, it's it's a party of cowards. Mm. Um, not all of them. Like I said, I think we're re- rebuilding that. I, Lauren Boebert certainly is a fighter who speaks her mind and uh, does what she thinks is right by her constituents. I, I'm curious to see what happens with her articles of impeachment. I probably share your assessment of are we there yet from the standpoint of we couldn't get 20 Republicans to censure Adam Schiff. You think they're going to impeach Joe Biden? So. I think we're we're there, from my perspective, we're there as far as the evidence and the need and the importance to do it, as far as do we have enough Republicans with enough backbone to actually do it? We'll see, Yeah, you know, I don't know.
1: I mean, even, even then it's not gonna, he's not gonna get convicted in the Senate, so I'm not sure now's the right time
0: yeah. to do that yeah, anyways. Or
1: if it's even, uh, you know, if people will recall um, the Republican legislature, uh, the Republican House, voted what 46 times to overturn obamacare with knowing that the senate wouldn't pass it it was just a complete waste of fucking time to be honest <laughs> um but, but yeah let's talk about um the shift thing for a moment what there there were 20 people who vote. i don't know why all 20 people voted against this i know why thomas massey did yeah. and i think he's got a good reason to not do it but i'm curious um you you think it's appropriate to fine a sitting congressman 16 million dollars
0: well, I think it's appropriate to take some action. They, they now, I believe, Rep. Luna is putting something forward to send him to, the ethics, community, yeah. to uh, the ethics committee. So something needs to happen to Adam Schiff. And those 20, who knows, you know, they could have come out and said something like, I would vote yes, but I don't agree with the penalty or whatever mm. it is. But they didn't do that. They just turned it down. And all of this was taking place as Donald Trump is getting indicted and arraigned. And so you've got the left who is going full throttle against their political opponent, against us, mm. against the American people, against not. And Democrats like to say, oh, Donald Trump is the leading Republican candidate for 2024. No, he's the leading candidate for 2024, Republican or Democrat. So they've got the leading candidate getting arraigned while Republicans are going, well, I don't know if we should, you know, say Adam Schiff is bad. Like, it's it's a joke. I think, I, I'm, yeah, I, I think they absolutely should have censored him. If they didn't like the penalty, negotiate the penalty and come out and say it should be something else. Fine, but the, don't vote no. You know what I mean?
1: Well, my understanding from Massey was that uh, from what he was posting on Twitter is that... well, let me explain why he didn't vote yes. Yeah, I'm Let curious. me get your thoughts on that. So it requires, to to expel a member of Congress, you need a two-thirds vote from the House, right? Um, mm-hmm. And you could censure somebody and then fine them to such a degree, and if they can't pay the fine, then the result is they have to leave Congress, right? With a, just an up or down vote. He feels like it's unconstitutional, and I think I agree with him in that regard. And he what what he posted on Twitter last week was that um, there was another censure bill in the works that didn't have the large financial penalty. Um, and, yeah, I but I, right. I haven't seen that yet. Maybe it, maybe they pivoted and Luna's just going to put, um, uh, send it to the ethics committee or something like that. But the ethics committee yeah. can can censure without a bill, right? So maybe that's how it gets done. I don't know. But I didn't yeah. hear any of the other people say anything about why they did or didn't. You know what I mean? So 19 additional people... Uh, and they're not like Thomas Massey is a libertarian and constitutionalist. He wasn't ever going to vote for that with a with a civil penalty attached to it. I know that. Right. But everybody, all the other ones are not people that I consider to be terribly principled. So it does make you wonder <laughs> why, you know, that particular group of people didn't get involved yeah. in this. Or like no, like that's... you said, be very vocal about like, hey, I don't agree with this penalty, but let's do something because this guy's a That's cunt. right.
0: And that's, you're exactly right. And that's the problem with the way Republicans are going about this, is they just look weak. Mm. And when you have Donald Trump getting arraigned and they're not saying anything about why they're just letting Adam Schiff off the hook, the American people are going, who who's in control here? Why are we letting, why are we letting a Democrat member of Congress lie to the American people? He threatened and said Don Jr. was gonna be in jail, you know, in a certain amount of time or whatever and say that there were all of these crimes that had been committed that were, that was a knowingly false statement that he threw out there to everybody, to the American public, trying to convince the American public that Trump or his family or these people are bad and they were blatant lies. It was was political propaganda. And then you've got the Republicans, you know, sitting over there twiddling their thumbs, not saying anything. Okay, if you have principled reasons for why he shouldn't be censored or, or censored in the way that they're going about it, say something hmm. do something and like and I'll give I'll give Rep Comer or Chairman Comer I should say uh credit for doing that in his role as chairman of this oversight committee because he he's informing the public of what's happening right he can't do it all by himself and there's procedural probably many procedural road, roadblocks to some of the things that Comer would like to do but he's out in the media all the day uh, all day every day telling the American public this is what we're finding this is what we're asking for this is what we're doing and then he's got to get colleagues who are willing to work with him. Congress doesn't have prosecutorial power. And so it's going to be interest, interesting how they um, how they bring that together with, let's say they put this great case together of all of this crime from the Biden crime family. How are they going to prosecute mm-hmm. it? Is Biden going to prosecute himself? Right. You know?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, definitely not. Right. I right. Mean, uh, so- it's what yeah. are they gonna do um by the way update on that uh um anna's uh bill is getting reintroduced today I believe for okay. for vote for censure i i, I it's changed and it uh, according to the hill they've got the votes this time so he will be censured today in some regard I don't know what the penalty will be you usually there's yeah. no there's no actual penalty I don't think but...
0: right well, right and quite honestly I think a lot of people assumed that, that that was the last bill too is it just a censure? like why can't you censure it right you know? yeah
1: well, that's, that's bad messaging on the party's part. It's speaking of bad messaging, I, I know that Comer's out in the media quite a bit, but you cannot have the head of the FBI openly defy you for three months and not fucking hold them Very in contempt. Very good point. I mean, that, yep. that, that, no, is, I that, that is completely yeah. unacceptable.
0: That's a good, that's a good point. I completely agree.
1: Uh, yeah. But you know, Republicans are bitches. They're, it's just like, that's it's so, true too. <laughs> and I, I think some of it is the uh, live and let live attitude. Some of it is like, we, we're not going to play those games and we want to, be above the fray and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That's, you know, if you're in a gunfight and you're still trying to calm people down, no, you win the fight. Step one is win the fight. Right. That's right. And I think, uh, maybe, maybe, um, reach down deep and grab whatever's down there and, uh, you know, do your fucking job for once. Um, so I don't know if Biden's going to be alive by the end of this sentence, to be honest, because he's old as shit and he's he's physically deteriorating rapidly right in front of our eyes, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, do you, what do you think happens if he goes down, if he's incapacitated or if he decides not to run? Who do you think steps in there?
0: You know, I don't know. I don't, they don't have anybody that's viable. Uh, so to me, it doesn't really matter who they put into place because I don't actually think it's about the Democrat candidate. 2024 is Donald Trump versus the political apparatus. They can insert name here. You know, it doesn't matter who they put in. It's Donald Trump versus this political class, this political establishment that has uh, leached itself or burrowed itself into the federal government and is pulling all of the strings and manipulating elections and manipulating power to benefit themselves. And that is what Donald Trump is trying to take down. Uh, they'll, They'll put in some puppet candidate the same way they did with Joe Biden. I don't think it will be Kamala Harris. Um,
1: that'd be funny, but, but I, yeah, right. probably not.
0: Well, yeah, it'll, it'll be someone who doesn't have to wear diapers. And that's what they, people ask me, you know, you know, it, why, you know, don't you think that Joe Biden is, um, you know, they're like hiding or doing something nefarious with, with Joe Biden. And I, I would say, no, like if they were going to pick someone, why would they pick someone who needed diapers and, you know, can't complete a sentence? he, he. To them it doesn't matter who's in that position they just need someone's name on the ballot and then they all manipulate around that person so this is donald trump versus the political machine that's what 2024
1: is <clears throat> any chance i mean i a lot of people think that gavin newsom is going to be the guy that steps up but he, he he's he's so close to completely Ruining California. You know what I mean? He you, has
0: already completely ruined yeah. California. Well, no, I mean yes. he's
1: so close timeline wise. Usually you have to put some distance between yourself yeah. and your failures before you can run for federal office like that. Yeah. I kind of assumed that he was gonna run for that for the open Senate seat since yeah. you know Miss Miss Feinstein can't walk. They
0: might they might put Newsom in. I mean, he can walk upright. He can probably go up and down stairs by himself. You know, he probably can go to and from the bathroom by himself. But he so, looks
1: and uh, acts like a lizard person, like all all of the yeah. all of the negative stereotypes about Apollo, even before the, the uh, tumult of the last seven or eight years, he looks like the kind of person that people will be like, ah, I don't know about that guy. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no, he's totally like greasy and gross. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, you definitely can't trust him. Right. Yeah, I mean, yes, that's true. Uh, so I don't, I don't know who they'll come up with. To me, it doesn't matter. It's all about, it's all about the machine. It's not, but when I say, I don't mean the voting machine, I mean the political machine. Yeah, yeah. Um, so
1: yeah, well, he's, uh, he's definitely trying to garner national attention. Um, yeah. uh, I don't, I don't know that that's the smart thing to do. If, if you're, if you're him and you're right, what, what you consider to be your rising star, it doesn't seem like a good idea to jump into this particular federal election, frankly.
0: It's not good for anybody to jump into this federal election. I mean, I was a DeSantis supporter. I voted for him for governor. I think he made a huge mistake by jumping into this race. And all of these other candidates that have jumped in on the Republican side, I think they've all made huge mistakes in their career. I think this this election is so clearly Donald Trump versus the establishment. Can Donald Trump take down the establishment? And why would you get in the way of that? Why would you get involved in that at all? Um, But, you know, well, Well,
1: these political processes happen in every election though. Right. And usually uh, even when there's not a front runner, somebody does emerge at some point during the primary season and everybody else um, gets cabinet positions and, or VP. Right. I mean, that's kind of how it works. So I I kind of
0: usually I, I, I don't think that that's, happening this time around and again donald trump can when i i expect him to be the next president and he can arrange a cabinet however he wants 2024 is a very unique election i think everybody recognizes that this is different than every other time um so i don't think that that is the way to go my personal assessment if i wanted a cabinet position i would not run against him but who knows
1: And you any sense of uh who might be running as uh Trump's VP because it certainly isn't going to be Mike Pence.
0: It's not going to be Mike Pence. I don't know. I haven't talked to him about it. Um, I I I don't, I don't I don't have any idea. I think I think there's a lot of really great MAGA patriots out there that could potentially be in the running, um, but he he hasn't said anything to me about it.
1: And you have no like who who would who would you choose?
0: Um, I'm forgetting the guy's name right now. The I don't know if you guys can Google it quickly. The lieutenant governor of North Carolina. I think I really like him. Um, I just, I heard him speak one time. I thought, wow, he's, he's good. He's got some potential. Mark Robinson. I think, is he a big black guy? Yeah. 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 He was great. I liked him a lot.
1: Do you, I, I Um, kind of, I kind of thought it might be Tim Scott just because, um, Trump is so, uh, loud and Tim Scott is the opposite of that. You know what I mean? Um, well, he, yeah. he doesn't really need to win South Carolina, though. So it's not the most, it's not the best strategic move to pick somebody like right. that. Right.
0: And Tim Scott, I, I think recently has come out a little bit more antagonistic about, well, you know, we can read the news articles. But sure. um, I think anyone taking on Donald Trump at this point probably is not. I, I don't know. The president can do whatever he wants. My belief is that if they're taking him on, they're taking him on. Mm. And uh, it's not a friendly. Thing, but I don't know.
1: Well, it's never particularly friendly, right? And in, in primaries, I don't think. I mean, it's always, it, it, there's yeah. always a bit of a dust up. Um, uh, uh, well, the
0: problem with this crowd is they're all hoping Donald Trump gets taken down by the establishment. Why else would you run? I mean, Donald Trump is literally beating the next candidate by 40 points. Why on earth would you take him on? And it's because they're all running against each other, hoping that the swamp is actually successful at removing Donald Trump from the race that's why they're all running. And so to, to have a group of competitors who are all hoping that somebody else takes you out so they can compete against each other. I think that's particularly gross in my opinion. And, uh, it's not the traditional, oh, we're all equally running against each other. It's a close race. It's not a close race. It's Donald Trump's race. We all know that the only way Donald Trump doesn't win or, you know, in their minds, the only way that he's not the Republican nominee is if the swamp successfully removes him through these criminal charges and I think it's really gross to be banking your political career hoping that the federal government takes out your political opponent
1: so you think when DeSantis because he's been pretty openly critical of the government going after Trump and calls it a witch hunt and stuff like that you think he's full of shit
0: I do I really do Donald Trump got arraigned in Miami DeSantis is the governor of Miami why didn't he go why didn't he at least go show support? And it took him several days. And he says, when I'm president, I'll handle this. And you know, I'll make sure that the Department of Justice doesn't do anything like that. First of all, he's not ever going to be president because Donald Trump's going to be the president. Second of all, it's happening in your state. Why should I believe that you're going to do this at a federal level if you're not taking care of it at a state level. Now, I understand there's a difference between the federal process and the state process, but he's still the governor of the state and he can still make stronger statements and say, hey, I wanna meet with the Department of Justice. I wanna know what you're doing in my state. I wanna make sure that this isn't a, an abuse of power happening in my state. He's not doing any of that. He tweets, he tweets about it. So I'm sorry, I'm unimpressed with his response.
1: And what do you think, um, uh, we're, we're getting close to being done here, but to, mm-hmm. what's the message from Trump this this year? next year well like he so the polit- the 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 electorate is quite a bit different than it was attitude yeah. wise right I think yeah a lot of people I don't I don't think people voted against Trump necessarily because they thought um that they were in favor of the establishment I don't think that's what it was right I, mm-hmm. and, and you know whatever whatever about <clears throat> voting manipulation and things like that happened definitely you know all of media and social media were colluding against him as well. And uh, you don't always need to hack machines if you can hack somebody's fucking brain, right? Right. Um, Which is uh, always going to be a problem. But it does seem like our collective epistemology in this country is being attacked and people are starting to notice it. Like, we can't define a fucking woman. Are you kidding me? I feel like women voters are probably the most important block in any given election. White women voters, actually, are probably the most important. Mm -hmm. They tend to vote Democrat about 61 to 65%, depending on the election. Um... I wonder what the message is to them specifically, because I think a message about protecting your kids and stuff like that might resonate pretty well. It definitely worked in Loudoun County. Yeah, well, I think
0: absolutely that's a perfect example. Well, I think the Democrats are making the case for us. They can't define women. All we have to do is say we can define women. You know, we can protect your rights. But um, I think President Trump's message to the nation is a message of hope, and it's a message of we are taking our nation back. Uh, we are restoring freedoms to America. I think Americans can see parental rights are at stake. I mean, California, I think the legislature just passed. I don't know if it's been signed into law, but at least it, the fact that it even hit the floor of the California legislature, that um, p- parents can lose custody of their children if they don't affirm the gender that their child wants. I, I mean, that that's bizarre to think you can lose your child. If your child goes to school every day and you're the Second grade teacher convinces your boy that he's a girl. You can lose custody of your child if you don't support this crazy idea. So, I, I think parents are starting to to wake up and be concerned about their kids. So certainly that's an issue. But I don't think President Trump would ever um, campaign on on fear tactics. It's it's empowering. Everything about Donald Trump is empowering, and it's we're returning power back to the people. Uh, the people should run the government, not the other way around. And Quite honestly, the left is making his case for them. The crazier they get, the more people go, "You know what? Maybe Donald Trump wasn't so crazy."
1: So. Uh, yeah, I agree. That's that's definitely the case. I feel like there are a lot of people out there who agree with that assessment. Um, yeah. If I had, if I, if there was one piece of advice I could give him, it would be to talk more about the issues than other people, um, because a lot okay. of these a lot of these people he talks about don't deserve the airtime, frankly. You know what I mean? Very
0: good point. Uh, All right. That's they're just good. a bunch
1: of fucking retards. Um, <clears throat> so before we get out of here, tell me about, once more, recap the book, tell people where they can yeah. find it and tell them where they can find you and the other stuff that you do.
0: Yeah, thanks. It's called Stealing Your Vote, The Inside Story of the 2020 Election and What It Means for 2024. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever books are sold. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Christina underscore Bob and of, I'm out there.
1: So <laughs> and you're what what media stuff are you doing right now? Are you still reporting or are you just kind of authoring, doing tours? What do you do? Yeah,
0: I do um here and there. It's kinda sporadic. I do the rallies of course with mm. RSBN. I'll cover those and then kinda kinda hit and miss. For the time being, you know, maybe maybe there's something in the works, but for the time being it's just kinda sporadic.
1: Oh wow, that's very cryptic. Thanks. <laughs> um yeah this has been a really good conversation um
0: yeah thank you for having me yeah
1: anytime i appreciate all the information and the insight and uh and and dodging some of my questions i appreciate that as well
0: <laughs> i um, didn't mean to i don't know it's so. fine yeah,
1: you're it's your job to do that's fine um <clears throat> yeah thanks a lot and we'll we'll stay tuned to see what else develops over the next year and a half or so as all this shit plays yeah. out uh thank awesome. you for coming today we really appreciate it thank you yeah and thank you all for listening this has been citizen